Hello, I'm Curtis Powers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm on the road with my family in St. Louis, Missouri. We're having some meetings there. Things have been going well. We're thankful for that. Thank you so much for your prayers. Uh, there's a new Speaker of the House in Washington, D.C., and I feel like he might actually be a really good one, which is such a blessing. And so we need to continue to be pushing and supporting those that are standing for what is right and, and encouraging those who are not to do that. Um, but anyway, that was some encouraging news this week. Of course, so much going on in Israel right now. Uh, it's all heating up and we'll have to cover that more in detail maybe next week because a lot is happening and it's not clear yet what all the things are that are going on. One thing just to bring up, those that are new subscribers, I want you to remember, and those that have been on for a while, there's 155 episodes that you can go to, and many of them are on topical issues that are timeless. You could watch them five years from now and get a benefit from them. So make sure sometimes you go to your dashboard at agendaweekly.com, flip back through the videos and look for topics and maybe episodes you haven't seen that you might really enjoy. Because last week on Courage, I think was a very important one if you didn't have time to watch that. And even the week before that on Israel and the conflict and the Palestinian state and all the details of that, a lot of important things but I think a lot of the episodes have information that is really important to understand so you're not deceived by the narrative being pushed out there by the mainstream media. Another thing on kind of a funny side note, I've gotten a few emails, not too many, but some of you think that I'm giving some kind of hand signals or something, Masonic things, which sounds crazy to me. I never would be doing something like that. I don't even know what the signals are. But everything I'm communicating to you will be crystal clear. I'll be saying exactly what I mean in the best way possible. But I'm never uh, having things behind me that mean something or hand signals that mean something. So I don't know who's been spreading that around. But there were some videos on the Internet saying that that's what I do in my talks. That's crazy talk. <laughs> anyway, today I'm going to be interviewing David Fiorazzo. And he has a book called Canceling Christianity. And it's so important because that's what the war really is all about. Even if you're not a Christian watching this, the war is over Christianity. And they know if they want to have a world government, America can't be on the scene anymore. And they know America is not possible if they can cut the Christian roots that made it what it is. And so the Bible and Christianity are the foundations of freedom. And that's clear if you read any of our founding documents, our rights are from God. That's why they cannot be infringed upon. They're not from government. And no man has the power. No majority has the power to take those rights from us. Those are key things, but those are all biblical principles. That's why they'll always be attacking Christians, the Bible, and the foundations of our country, because they know until those have been removed, America is going to still be there and America cannot be there if they want their one world government. One of my favorite quotes that really explain this very clearly is from Antonio Gramsci. And I talked about him in Agenda Grinding America Down, but he was a communist back in the 1930s. And he realized to take down a country that believed in God, you had to 
penetrate all the institutions of influence and use those to change the people from within because Christian people aren't going to rise up in a Marxist revolution and just start killing each other off. But here's what he said 90 years ago, and that this is why Christianity has been under constant assault and always will be for those that are tyrants, those that want to take away freedoms. They have to eliminate the influence of God, his principles, his word, and those that follow him. But here's what they said 90 years ago, quote, any country grounded in Judeo-Christian values cannot be overthrown until those roots are cut. Socialism is precisely the religion that must overwhelm Christianity. In the new order, socialism will triumph by first capturing the culture via infiltration of the schools, universities, churches, and the media, and by transforming the consciousness of society. That's Antonio Gramsci in the 1930s, and that's been the game plan ever since. And that's why we're at war. And I think this interview will be helpful, and you might want to get his book, Canceling Christianity, to better understand this assault that we're under. Uh, when God stops shedding his grace on America, America will slide into a communistic society. That's all communism really is. It's a society that has forgotten God. That's what Alexander Solzhenitsyn told us. When he came out of the Soviet Union, he'd been in their gulags for decades and, and punished and tortured and everything. And everyone, when he came to America, said, what happened to the Soviets? What happened to Russia? How did it fall to communism? And there's so many things he could have said, but all he said was this, we forgot God. Well, that's what happens. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this interview. And I'll wrap things up at the end. But thank you so much for joining me today. Those that are not subscribers, please consider going to agendaweekly.com. And it's $5 a month, but it helps support us in our travels to reach as many people as possible with the truth. Thank you so much. David Fiorazzo, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me, Curtis. It's a blessing to see you again after the conference and now be with you online here. Yes, uh, I appreciated uh, getting an update from you at the conference, and I thought the Agenda Weekly people need to get to know you if they don't already. And your last book was called Canceling Christianity, and I'm going to just read a brief description. It said, Canceling Christianity is about the battle for the heart and soul of America, the spiritual conflict we find ourselves in, and how the forces of darkness, both human and demonic, are behind today's progressive cancel culture. Could you start by just giving us an overview of that and just how the institutions being hijacked have been part of that? Because that's oh. my films kind of got into that too. And I know people care about that, but talk about canceling Christianity. Yes, sir. Um, first of all, uh, the giveaway, uh, God cannot be canceled. So uh, Jesus is Lord, he is eternal, and he is returning for us. Uh, he cannot be canceled, but the enemy will take it out on us who are reminders of God and uh, the work that we're doing. So uh, the enemy hates us, and it's a spiritual battle first, forces of darkness, and Ephesians 6 talks about that. So the enemy uses men and women, but people, to push his agenda, just like God uses born again believers in Christ to preach the gospel and fulfill his mission. And that's our job while we're here to be salt and light, preach the gospel. So 
it's no surprise that the enemy who hates God hates us so much and rebelled against God and hates everything that we're about. He hates mankind, but especially Christians. No surprise that he would come against us and try to cancel us. Uh, cancel culture became very popular. But where did that come from? Um, so I talk about the intolerance of the left. And you mentioned the institutions, and I'll tell you, they've they've gone through every one, education, media, corporations, government. Um, and, you know, the public schools are a big thing because kids get raised up and the schools right now are being used to make social justice disciples. Um, they're converting more than we are at this point, and that's a problem. But anyway, so this, the summary of the book is the enemy is against God and Christ and his church, and that means us. And we have to be aware that this is a very real battle, forces of darkness. There's, it's a spiritual battle first, and then it manifests in the physical, natural realm in all the cultural stuff that we're seeing today. And the animosity and the hostility against Christ and, and the rebellion is off the charts. We've never seen it at this level before, and it will increase. But we've got to be ready. We've got to know why, where it came from, what the Bible teaches, and then how to respond. The point you made there about when we do stand for truth and when we do speak up, of course, uh, they're going to attack us, but it's not us they're attacking. They're trying to get at God. They can't yeah. touch him, of course. So they anyone mm -hmm. that's speaking you know, his truth, they come against. And I've seen that my whole life, and I know you have as well. Yes. Um, so... Talk about just the assault on the image of God, on truth, mm. on our biblical worldview. We see that today, which was mainstream, even in the 70s. Most most people, when I was growing up, kind of had a biblical worldview. They might not mm -hmm. even been a Christian, but they'd been so influenced by the culture that they still kind of knew the rules of how things are supposed to be. But talk about that for a minute. It, it, it's 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 so bad now that they are they're coming against us in every way imaginable. And it goes back way before even most people who would consider themselves informed realize um, the new book. I've got a transgender timeline. It goes back to the 1950s. Even there's a couple things in 40s, but 50s and 60s. And we know what happened in the 60s. So I, I, I um, catalog all these and document all these. We know what happened with the with the uh, schools taking prayer to schools, the Bible, um, and and what happened after that, and that was a catalyst. And then that whole decade, the free love. It wasn't just the homosexual movement; it was adultery that was being promoted and uh, promiscuity and make love not war, and that just morphed into a lot of things. But yeah, so now the attack is on the very image of God, Imago Dei. Again, Satan hates us. And we are created in his image. I, I need to clarify something, though, because not everybody, there's some, a little confusion out there with some. We are not all children of God. If you are a born-again believer in Christ, you are a child of God. Unbelievers, those that hate him, they are not going to be saved. They are not his children, but they are created in his image. Every human being, every pre-born baby in a mother's womb is created in the divine image, in the image of God. But we are believers in Christ. So we are the ones the enemy comes against. So that's that's kind of like a um, something that people, I think, have to come to terms with more and more today, because I think we forget how much history got us to where we are today, because people see, for, for example, the transgender movement, that ideology where you can be the opposite sex because you're convinced that you are, goes against the Bible, of course. Now, that's enough for us. 
but it also goes against science and biology. Just that ideology alone, it's really astounding that we're here. And it takes a spiritual dimension of blinders. It takes delusion for people to believe this. And I want to say, Curtis, my heart breaks. I've been reading stories of, of people that have really struggled with this. They need the gospel. But then there's the agenda-driven um, leftists that are pushing this demonic agenda, and they, they are the deceivers. So there are those, for example, children in public schools. They're deceived. They're being deceived by this ideology and maybe a lot on social media. But there are those who hate God and they know, they know, they have a conscience, they know what they're doing is against God's word and the truth, but they push it anyway. So there's just some amazing things that we're seeing in our lifetime that, frankly, I thought I was an informed person. I didn't think I'd be seeing what we're seeing today. Yeah, and I think that's why there's such an infatuation with abortion and now euthanasia. It's it's Satan yeah. taking off the gloves and coming against mankind because we are made in God's image. And it's so interesting yes. to me how they, you know, call themselves science and Fauci is the science and all this foolishness. <laughs> but everything that they present is just a fake science. It's a faux thing that they've put out there acting like they have the high ground. Just evolution itself makes me laugh because how scientific is it to think that everything came from nothing by accident? You know, that design, complexity, and order just popped into existence when we know that cannot happen. Science proves that cannot happen. And so mm -hmm. it, it's really important for us as, as Christians to get out there and push the facts of our worldview because it is truth it's undeniable and it's it's so important because yeah they're they're flipping everything on its head which satan is so good at doing being the father of lies flipping everything upside down and saying no that's right side up and we know it's not but we yes. have to uh you know stand against that yes evil is being called good good is being called evil you said something very important the god um the the enemy i mean he's using evolution because that plays into this whole transgender agenda, because kids are now, most of them go through schools thinking that there's no meaning in life, there's no purpose, there's no God, no creator, they can be whatever they want. So that's a lie from the pit of hell. But that will take you down this road of anything goes, and that's what we're seeing today. But it starts with evolution, starts with believing there is no God, we were not created, we don't have a purpose, and what's this life all about? It's random accidents, but sadly, that's why the suicide attempt rates are so high today. Kids are hopeless, plus they're being taught to hate their own country, and I know you've talked a lot about that. Yeah, no. Yeah. When you're uh, taught that you're just an evolved animal and your very existence is even destroying the planet. So you're like a poison on this thing. Yeah. yeah, of course, suicide rates are going off the charts because God designed us to have purpose and to have meaning and to be doing things productive. And when that's been taken away, yeah, it gets very depressing. And but we yes. need to get out there. Like you were saying, I agree. The transgender community is so confused, so hurting. The people that are involved in it, the higher ups, they know they're using these people to, to yep. fracture the culture, fracture the morality and everything else. But the people that have been lied to and, and believe that lie that, no, no, I might be one of 53 different genders or whatever. Um, 
they they need hope. They need someone to come love on them and tell them, no, you're perfect exactly the way God made you. You're not a mistake. Everything was just Amen. right. And he has a plan for your life that's very specific just with how he made you. No, it's it's so important. Um, I know well, think also- about this too. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Curtis. The the population control that 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 is a direct attack on the image of God. You mentioned abortion, euthanasia. State Satan will start in the womb if he can't get babies aborted. Then he'll attack those with Down syndrome. Then he'll go to euthanasia. Then then he'll he'll you know continue to try to attack the transgender movement. These kids, a, a lot of them are going to grow up having these surgeries. They're not going to be able to have children. And so this is a demonic agenda. And it's all about coming against the human race, the image of God. That's right. Cutting world population is yep. the number one goal of the other side. They've stated it many times. And so we see all these different things that look like they have different points behind them, but it's not. It's to cut the agenda, cut the fertility rates, discourage people from having children at all. We see that with the environmental movement, where they're like even saying, you shouldn't have children. The earth can't handle the the load of carbon dioxide and all this stuff. So there's a full-on assault on what God asked us to do. Be fruitful, Mm. multiply, and fill the Mm. earth. And they are, every one of their policies, I just see it so clear. It's like, Oh, it's getting us to disobey what God's commanded us to do. And, yes. and so it's so important. Um, what are some of the ways I was looking at some of the things in your book? How do believers respond? You know, what why do they do that? What what's important for them to be doing to stand up against this? Oh my goodness. We've got so much catching up to do, Curtis. I know you speak at a lot of churches, you do a lot of traveling. We've given the enemy so much ground. Um, I think there's a scripture, I don't remember where it is, Ephesians, maybe don't give the enemy a foothold. That word topography, it's ground. He has taken, gladly taken so much ground in the world, in America, in our culture. But one thing we can do is, first of all, you've got to be rooted and grounded in the truth of God's word. That's no small thing, because distractions and the busyness of life will come against you and your time when it comes to being established in the truth. And the other thing is, once you know that, how do we respond to these things? We've got to raise awareness because not, not a lot of people are on the front lines. I mean, you've been doing what you've been doing for years. Um, I've been speaking out for quite a long time. I mean, there's a remnant that we need more numbers, but it's not just the numbers. It's the quality of people being able to go out there and just say, first of all, the informing people, educating people. This is where we are. Here's why we got here. And that's, I think you and I do that in different ways, uh, educating people on how we got to where we are. And now- What's what do we do with that? Uh, we can be overwhelmed and we can stay out. We can just stay at home and not say anything. Or we can say, God, I'm in this fight for you. Um, if I, I need to be salt and light, I need to be obedient to what you've called me to do. And people need to be saved. They need to hear the truth. We're living in some of the most desperate times because people are the most hopeless right now. So to, to encourage Christians to be informed and then be able to speak about it and you will be canceled. You will. We, we, you and I, we, uh, a lot of people I'd interview, they've had their YouTubes deleted. They've been, I've been shadow banned on social media, on Facebook. You will be canceled in some way. If that's, think about martyrs throughout the centuries. If that's the worst thing that's going to happen to us, that people are going, hey, you're a hater. Hey, you're a homophobe. You're misinformation. They're going to send the misinformation police after us. Come on, that's a badge of honor. If we are speaking the truth and it is biblically based on the biblical worldview, 
then okay, th this is what we're gonna we're gonna have to decide. Will we want? Do we want to stand knowing there will be opposition and knowing there's a possibility that we could be canceled? So I think every believer, if you're not out there already, you need to make that decision because it's not comfortable, it's not fun, but lives are at stake. I mean, spiritually, I mean, to be people to be saved, but also physically what's happening with people and surgeries and everything else. So lives are at stake. So I would encourage people, to, you start locally in your sphere of influence. You don't have, have to have a show. You don't have to have a video, uh, a YouTube channel or anything like that, but you have influence. You have your family, your job, wherever you are, start talking to people. Don't bat them over, bat them over the head, you know, like a you know, like you're you're hitting them with a baseball bat with the truth. No, we need to use, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. We need to be sensitive. But at the same time, if you love people, you will tell them the truth. And that's why, um, you know, we make a lot of enemies. But I think you were mentioning before we got on the show here that uh, we have people that follow our ministries and what we do, and they're pretty loyal. And there's a hungry audience out there. So those are the ones that say, all right, yeah, it's not fun. Um, but thank God we have a hope. We can look ahead and say, Jesus is going to come back and redeem all this. So for right now, in this vapor of life that we have on the timeline of eternity that you and I have and those who are watching and listening, it's worth it for Christ, for our King, to be in service, uh, in his service. So um, all we need to do is speak and live it out. And it's hard, but it's what we're called to do. That's right. Now, one of the most encouraging things that happened to me last year, because sometimes you analyze yourself in life. Am I really making a difference? Am I really giving people something that's that's a positive influence? That's mm. and, and YouTube yanked down my account. And I go, oh, good. It was like God gave me as a little sign. They saw me as a threat. And I thought, wow, what mm -hmm. an honor that they said, no, this yes. guy's speaking too much truth. And they just deleted my account. And I thought, oh, good, thank you. God used that to encourage me because sometimes <laughs> you wonder, is this making any difference or whatever? Um, but but the Bible says, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And Amen. that's why what every one of you are doing is so important. Yeah, it's just yes. one neighbor you talk to. Yeah, it's just one family member or someone at work. But that's one person. That's another. You've doubled yourself as as you educate them and teach them about what's going on, share the gospel with them and get them up to speed where then they are going out and sharing the truth with others. And it just keeps growing from there. We know from uh, the Bible, 12 disciples, normal, just normal human beings went mm. out and changed the world. It was completely flipped upside down by their influence, just 12 people. In, in their lifetimes changed everything and God is still alive and well today and just Amen. is just as willing to take our little loaves and fishes and feed the 5,000 as he was back then. We just need to do that. Um, let's see here. Why don't you just give us a taste? I know you're finishing up a new book right now. And why don't you take five minutes or more and just talk about a little bit about that because that is we barely covered it but that i think is the new assault on our culture to finally remove every vestige of mm. tradition of, of mor yeah. biblical morality of any kind of barometer to gauge things to know what is right what is wrong what is true what is false um why don't you talk about your new book 
Sure. Um, well, assault on the image of God. Um, we've seen one of those things that the enemy comes against is not only God and the truth of biblical worldview and Christians and the church. There's kind of like a progression there. We are in that, the, the hierarchy we're down uh, in, in there that uh, the enemy comes after. But I talk a lot about the areas in, in culture that the attacks come. And sometimes we shouldn't be surprised, but sometimes I think it catches people off guard that uh, Satan is trying to influence. And influence is a big word. I think the Christian church has lost that influence. Um, I talk a little bit about Barna Research and Pew and Gallup, and they all seem to um, say the same thing when it comes to how the biblical worldview is declining in America. And that's sad, Curtis, knowing our constitution, knowing our founding and the way this country began and what God shed his grace on thee, right? Um, and knowing where we are now, it's really sad, but not surprising. I think um, we're unfortunately we're taking the hits. But so I talk about how that happened. And one of the things I mentioned is dropping inerrancy in the church. We can talk about culture all day long, talk about the world all day long. But when it comes to the church, I think of Romans 12 too, do not conform to the ways of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then the end of that chapter, don't be overcome by evil, overcome evil with good. But I talk about when you start surrendering something as important as the inerrancy of scriptures, which the Bible is clearly perfect and God breathed, then other doctrines start to fall along the wayside. And this we're seeing in the seminaries, in the churches, um, man, it, this seeker sensitive movement. So again, I, I read a lot about culture and we talk about the world. We talk about the globalism. We talk about the, the schools and the major institutions in America, the long progressive march to the major institutions that Antonio Gramsci, so he was so evil, but brilliantly laid out that uh, those marching orders. But we have to look at ourselves and say, okay, what happened to the church? Um, I think it was John Stott that said, we should not ask what's wrong with this world because that diagnosis has already been given. We should ask what has happened to the salt and light. So that's what I analyze also in the book on the attack on the image of God, because we have some responsibility. Okay, here we are. What happened? Well, when you start dropping major doctrines and then you start getting pastors to be thinking, well, I need to, I need to get, a, I need to gather people and get a mob, build a mob. Anyone can do that, build a church, get a crowd, but then you got to be seeker sensitive. Then you can't give them the whole truth. So you back away from what's important, the whole counsel of God, once you start doing that. And then what does the congregation do? Well, my pastor's not talking about these issues. That's one of the biggest complaints I hear from people. First of all, where can I find a good church, yes. right? And then they say, why or how can I get my pastor to address what's happening outside of church walls? And Curtis, you can't force someone to do that. Friends, you're listening and watching, you've got to lovingly and respectfully approach your pastor. That's a tough job. It's a tough calling, but they've got to lead. They've got to say, all right, this is what we believe here. I'm teaching the truth. I'm teaching through the word of God. But now how do I apply this to what's happening out there? And what do we do with what's happening out there? You can't ignore it. And that's one of the things I talk about in the new book. The assaults are coming. I call them attacks from different angles in different areas of our culture in everything I can think of, every area I can think of. But what's happening is Christians are not responding properly. Some are avoiding it completely, and some do not know how to respond. And I think so, so that's one of the most beneficial things we could do is tell them, 
watch out. That's what Jesus said when he, when they said, um, when will these things be? What is the timing? He said, do not be deceived. First thing out of his mouth, watch out. So first thing we need to do is have that discerning test all things, but know what's happening. And then we need to know how to respond to these things. Sadly, Curtis, people are not being equipped. So I talk about that. I'm sometimes very hard on pastors. I was an associate pastor for a while. It is a very tough job, but you've got to go in knowing things are getting harder and harder because of the culture. But when the church starts compromising, as you see de denominations, whole denominations are doing, that's when we're in a lot of trouble. So those attacks come as expected, but we have a responsibility as the church of Jesus Christ to represent him and respond in power, in truth. We forget the gospel is the power of God. We forget we have the Holy Spirit, and greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We forget how much strength we have just by trusting in God. Uh, uh, God plus one is a majority, right? You've heard that. And so I think um, as much as I read about the attacks, I try to write about, okay, here's what happened in the church, and now we can't go back and redo it. We've ju just got to work with what we have, not complain about it. We just got to move forward. And that's where the decision, I think, to stand is so important in every Christian's life. And like I said, it's a tough one. It's, it's, it's not fun sometimes, but you said it's a badge of honor. When you know you're doing something right, the enemy's coming against you, that's life, but it's also a badge of honor. That's right. No, and I, and each of you, starting right where you are in your church and family life, those are the two key foundations God gave us that are supposed to prop up everything else and and strengthen mm -hmm. what's left. And your church, I know, has been a battle. I have the same, just like what you said. I get more emails about that than anything. Where can I find a good church? My pastor mm -hmm. won't talk about anything. And so, mm -hmm. yes, kindly go talk to him and address the issues. But when you see he's not interested, he doesn't want to address the issues, he's not he's purposefully not addressing them. It's not like he was ignorant or like, oh, you're right, I should be doing that. Then I, I really encourage people, you need to find a new church. You can't, yes. even if you've been there 30 years, all, all my friends are there. Church isn't about that. Church is about yeah. going in to be fed. The shepherd is supposed to be feeding the sheep, primarily, in my opinion, the men of the church, so then they will shepherd their families if they mm -hmm. really have a vision for family, a vision for Christian culture, a vision for the way God designed things to be. But but you need to find that. And, you, and they are around. Might be the little church in town, might be wherever, but you just keep trying to achieve, find that. And if you can't, then you need to find three or four other good families and probably start one yourself. Um, mm -hmm. A church, when you're not duplicating all the programs and all the things, when it's families getting together to worship God and sing a few hymns, open God's word, and, and the men could teach and instruct from that, and then the fellowship of those families bonding together, being like-minded, mm -hmm. that you can start a little house church, which is the direction I think churches are going to be going in the future. That's, a, that's <laughs> biblical. Yeah, as there's more and more, <laughs> but as there's more and more persecution, I think yeah. the, the real church will go more and more underground eventually, like in China and other places where it's very healthy and strong, but it has to be off the radar because of the persecution. But work on that and then your family. The same thing, they're mm. after your children and grandchildren, right? Yes. I mean, that's the whole thing's against the children. Have you seen yep. that too? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And if and believe it or not, I am just astounded 
at how the enemy has gotten in. For example, you know, the public schools is the easy, that's the low-hanging fruit because that's how the enemy gets children. But they're he's accessing, how do they have access to American children at younger and younger ages? I mean, even kindergarten today. What's I'm thinking parents, I'm going, do you realize who is raising, who is influencing, who is indoctrinating your children? And I don't think a lot of parents still get it. And it is astounding to me. But yeah, the younger generations and what you said about church, though, the church is not a building. It's not a program. It's not a denomination. It is ecclesia. It's, it's a group. It's a gathering. It is members of the body of Christ. You can do that anywhere. I just really want to encourage people, you know, you can have a Bible study. That's a mini church. So, um, but yeah, they're going after the children, Curtis, and that's one of the most heartbreaking things. But even more so, when you see some parents who aren't protecting their own kids, one of the videos I saw, I was just looking at how some parents are handling when the, the whole transgender thing they they allow their kids to be injected with things at, at young age when they're thir 12 or 13. And this one mom was holding her son, who she was saying is going to be a, a girl, down, getting a, a hormone blocker injected. I'm thinking, is this what it's come to? What are the parents thinking? So, yeah, we've got a war to fight, friends. They're Yes, they're going after the children and between the school and the social media and everything else that raises the kids in Hollywood and entertainment, there's stars and celebrities that kids like to follow and the music industry. We've got to be very careful because kids are being hours of influence. You've talked a lot about that in the past as well. Hours of influence. How many hours are you spending with your kids? And it's, it's just it's not even close compared to what the secular world is doing to raise generations now, sadly. Yeah, they, they know a child, the innocence of a child is very easy to manipulate and to deceive into believing anything because they don't know anything yet. And so mm. parents uh, don't put your kids in the pre pre <laughs> programs and don't <laughs> let the TV babysit them with Disney and the mm. cartoons and even the sports and things. They they know what influences people, the influencers yeah. since the 1930s the people in power have been using to get us to conform to whatever they want us to do, whatever they want us yeah. to buy, however they want us to act. That's been a long hundred year agenda to do that. But it just so happens that now, like we talked at the beginning, they have gotten control of all the influencers. And so mm -hmm. we need to disconnect from those influences for our own selves, because sometimes we drift farther than we think we do by just constantly being told, oh, you shouldn't say anything hateful or you shouldn't say anything, you know, against this or that or whatever. We need to not be silent. We need to always speak kindly. But the truth is very powerful in yeah, protecting the kids and the grandkids is vital oh, in, yes. in, uh, in, in what we're doing. Curtis, one of the chapters in my new book, uh, Lord Willing, will be up for Christmas, is called, What Would Our Great-Grandparents Think? And when you say that, you probably just thought, wow, thought about your grandparents or your great-grandparents. If they could be alive today for 24 hours just to see what's on television, <laughs> uh, they wouldn't even know social media, right? But just to see, go to go in a grocery store, look at the magazine covers, the rack at the grocery store. 24 hours, They first of all, I'm wondering if they would think they were in the wrong country, because I don't think the country would be recognizable uh, for the most part when it comes to morality and what's happened to our culture. But, yeah, that's, that's one of the things. 
Um, so then you have to ask, okay, if they would be shocked, what are we doing? We've allowed it. We have allowed it to get to this point. So yeah, we've, we've got a lot of work ahead of us, but, yeah. um, we're still here such a time as this, right? We all have a purpose and God's still using us until he takes us home. We still are hopefully being used by God. So it's, it's the way you have to look at it. That's right. No, things have changed so much more than we think they have because yeah. it's a slow gradual process one step at a time one day mm -hmm. at a time one month one year and yet over our lifetime this country has completely been transformed and and so we need to go back to the old paths we need to put back mm -hmm. up the ancient landmarks we need to go no we're doing things the way that they were done for 1900 years before the cultural Marxists said, no, no, we're going to fracture everything into a million pieces. So from the rubble, we can build up this new, brave new world that they want to create. And we mm. need to say no to that. Well, um, yes. David, I, I appreciate you very much. Thank you for giving us just little tidbits from both books, Canceling Christianity. <laughs> and the other one was? The Assault on the Image of God. Okay. And then maybe we can have you back on in December when that comes out. Where you can Praise go into more detail about that because that it's vital that Christians understand the, these things and share them with others. So again, we're not caught off guard by what's going on. But yes, um, well, Curtis, thank you for what you do. You, you watching that first agenda documentary was eye opening for me as it was for probably the majority of your audience. And just seeing some great men of God speaking on there. That's how I got to know Trevor Loudon and many others. But thank you, because that really opened up my eyes to the greater picture of this is an agenda. It's not just, you know, uh, we're gradually maybe declining a little bit. It, it, it is a purposeful attack and an agenda against Christ, against the truth, against America. So thank you uh, so much. That influenced me as well. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so thankful I had the opportunity to interview those people that had yeah. been studying this for so long. Well, David, thank you so much for joining me today. All right. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Well, I hope that interview kind of helped you better understand why there's such an assault on Christianity, on morality, on everything that is good and right and true. They're always pushing the garbage on our young children, four or five years old. That's why they know if they can break down the morality, they can break down people's belief in God. They can convince man that the rights they have are given to them by a benevolent government. And that government has the right to take those away. Anytime someone's not going along to get along, then we end up where we are. But our verse for this week fits in perfectly. It's Psalm 917. Here's what it says. Make sure you memorize this. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. Think about that. that that's what King David, the psalmist, was writing, letting us know several thousand years ago. The wicked shall be turned into hell. We know that. That's what the wicked have to look forward to if they're not saved before they die. And, though, not just the wicked, but all the nations that forget God. That's what's happening to our country, and that's why we cannot forget Him. We must live and be a light and be the salt to preserve this culture, because if it happens where we forget Him, it will happen just like it did to Russia, and it will be turned into hell. And hell on earth is communism. 
But right now I'm gonna play a one minute trailer in closing for Agenda Weekly for a lot of those that watch on all the different platforms but don't really know what we're all about. But thank you so much for joining me this week. I appreciate your prayers. And until next week, God bless you. Welcome to Agenda Weekly. We invite you to join us for an overview of the news from a conservative Christian perspective. You may be familiar with a weekly video podcast from Curtis Bowers, but Agenda Weekly is much more than that. Every Friday, we provide a written summary of the most important news events from America and around the world. We don't just cover the bad news. We find the often overlooked encouraging stories because we all need some good news. Additional resources include informative videos and articles to dig deeper, a featured hymn of the week, essential prayer points, and specific actions to take personally and in your community. For only $5 a month, less than a cup of coffee, you can subscribe to receive the most comprehensive news source available. Our goal is to save you time, expose the agenda behind the news, and equip you to make an impact right where you are. Subscribe today at agendaweekly.com.